You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 72 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, and thanks for joining us here. And we'll be joined shortly this time by the Always Moto contractor. He's back for this show. He's recovered. He should be joining us here shortly, so stick around for that. But as always, he's still waiting to get paid. This is the Always Moto podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport, because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking Super Motocross as the motocross series has wound down and been completed and we only have three rounds until three rounds left of this playoff series is going to start here very very shortly we also check in with the number 227 jake runkles from runkles racing we find out about his arm fracture from thunder valley earlier this season and how his recovery is going we catch up on the always moto fantasy league that's now wrapped up from motocross uh, and we don't actually have an emergency department this week because we are taking a break from that. We're going to have a show next week that's dedicated to the stats of the injuries from the motocross series and can see how things are going heading into Super Motocross. So we'll bring you that next week, so stick around for that. But bringing us the show today is Competitive Edge Performance. Are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Then Competitive Edge Performance is your go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered, offering in-person sessions and top-notch online programs accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years industry experience and plenty more of personal racing experience, their coaches know what it takes to succeed. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. And as a, get, as a treat for you Always Moto podcast listeners, you can get 50% off your first month on their training app using the, co- the, using the code COMPEDGECOACH in capital letters. That's all capitals, so COMPEDGECOACH. Use that and save and get yourself into shape and enjoy your ride more with COMPEDGECOACH. Now, Slamboard Guys also bring it to us, and we still have that affiliate deal in place, and Slamboard Guys offer 10% discounts for Always Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. You need to be using the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save with Slamboard Guy. And trust me, that Slamboard is something simple. It's very easy to use, and it's very effective to help your knees and knee pain and reduce those things because it's just changing the angle at what you're doing, your squats, and it just works. Trust me, I'm, I'm a physio. I do these things all the time. I'm using it myself. It just works. You need to get one in your gym. 
The other thing you need to do is be able to be recovered for your gym sessions and endurance recovery boots can help you with that. It can maximize your training because you need to be recovered before each session. These recovery boots can help you be your best for your next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at check out the save with endurance recovery boots as well. Now, the endurance recovery boots, guys, have more than just the pressure boots that we've tested before and we're going to have some more stuff coming from them here in the next few months uh, and we're just waiting for it to warm up to try out one of the things and that might give you a as to what it is but it'll be coming here in the next few months from endurance recovery boots and also tech 167 3d printing now we need to do an oil change on our bike here very very shortly on that gas gas 350 that's our test bike at the moment uh, and we are going to be using our tech 167 3d printed funnel that screws straight into the oil filler cap so it means no mess when we change that oil uh, and we'll be looking forward to doing that here shortly uh, probably this weekend actually now use for guys and girls out there um, there's always moto at lowercase to save but they don't have their spotify um, not spotify their Shopify site up and running at present. You need to email them direct to get that uh, or find them on their fa- on their social pages. So search Tech167 and it'll come up. And if you mention Always Moto when you're purchasing, they'll give you a discount as promised here on the show. Now, as always, we need some show support direct. We have our T-shirts available. You need to email alwaysmoto, uh, info at alwaysmoto.com and put T-shirt order in the subject line to get yours. They are $25 plus postage and handling. So show your support of the, sh- of the podcast and rock a T-shirt at your next race. And if you want to send a, a donation direct, don't worry, not worried about a T-shirt, just want to support the show, please do so. We have our PayPal account linked uh, in, our sh- in our show notes. Drop us a message and we'll read it out in the show and just send us in a donation. It'll be really, really appreciated to keep us going here. Um, but to find all our supporters and all the links to get to all these good goodies here on the Always Moto podcast, um, check the show notes or our bio on our social pages and that'll get you right there. All right, enough of this intro talk. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, this is Grant Harlan, and this is the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are rolling into the this week's podcast here on the Always Moto Podcast. We've got him back. He's back on deck. It's the contractor. How are we doing, Benny? I'm doing a lot better now than I was last week, that's for sure. Ah, sounds like you got your ass kicked by the big C, so... Oh, well and well and truly. I uh, I listened to the pod that you did without me, and you said to the listeners that I'd had a big weekend in Melbourne and I couldn't make it to last week's pod. But mate, there was no way I was making it. I was that sick. Um, that's the f- the first time I've had it. it. Took me three years to get it, but my God, did it get me! So um, I feel for everyone now that's had it because it is horrible. <laughs> gives you a whole new perspective on uh, on life after you've gone through it so yeah look it's not fun um don't want it any, anybody to have it but you've had it now so hopefully that's it for you for a while um but glad to see you back and up and well, somewhat upright and functioning again so yeah it's good to have you back mate yeah no it's good to be back and what'll be even better is when i can actually have my taste back that would be a good thing too <laughs> ah it's overrated you know you can just eat anything now you won't notice the difference so yeah, it's fun it's fine. Yeah. Uh, did you get a chance while you're laying on the couch to watch the racing on the weekend? Um, well, I watched some of the highlights. Um, I didn't even really take notice of my fantasy. I was that crook, so oh, I... He, uh, set, he set himself up for an excuse for later. <laughs> I like this. He's led, led straight into it. Hold on. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... 
I've watched bits and pieces of it. Um, but yeah, it was yeah another another dominant performance by Jet to say the least. Yeah, it was, and obviously in your brain fog, you probably didn't recognise all the stuff that was going on. But yeah, Jet, look, what else to say? Perfect season, um, made made it look easy all throughout the year, except for maybe a couple of small moments here and there. And but that's obviously the, the the factor of a perfect season, isn't it? That you make it look easy. But I think Jet did it in a lot different manner than than Bubba and Carmichael in, in previous years. Uh, he just had a different approach to it, different way of, obviously different style to those guys too. And just, yeah, what else can you say about him? He just did it with ease. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was, like you said, a few sketchy moments. Um, you had Kenny come in and ruffle the feathers a bit, I think. Uh, and I think, you know, these last few races, chases. He hasn't obviously didn't get him, but I think he was close enough to, you know, get him a little bit uneasy. And, you know, then with a bit of luck, uh, Chase had a few um, tip overs. But, yeah, there was a few moments, but, um, yeah, he stayed strong and got it done. Did you hear some of the comments from Jet in the press conference about the fact, like you were just sort of touching on about Chase pushing there the last couple of rounds trying to get him, obviously not getting him, but... Um about Jet's comments around just trying to break Chase and just sort of working as much as he had to just to sort of break him and then that was he knew that he, he had it covered sort of thing. I found that quite interesting from Jet and maybe a little bit of, um, you know, bravado there from, from Jet around the situation and just knowing that he had him covered the whole time. Um, it, was, it was interesting to hear him say those things out loud in a press conference, you know. Yeah, and I think it's just, um, you know, I, he, uh, he's broken Chase. That's it. Like, he knows exactly what he needs to do, I think, at any time now uh, to get him. And, I mean, he's done it to everyone, um, you know, even in the 250s. He just cruises along, and if someone gets near him, he just turns the notch up that little bit extra and keeps going. So, um, you know, 11 rounds this year and the ones that Chase has raced in, he's pretty much done the same thing every time. So um, it's got to be a killer for Chase. Um, I can't imagine how he feels about it, but, uh, you know, Jet's just got him worked out. And I guess, you know, saying it out loud also helps the the cause a little bit as well. Yeah, you got to wonder if that's a little bit of, on Jet's side of things, a little bit of gamesmanship coming into these next three Super Motocross rounds that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, yeah, just... Interesting that he put it out there. Obviously, at the end of the season, he went perfect. He could pretty much say whatever he wants about the competition because who's going who's gonna to go against him? He beat every one of them every single time. So it's just an interesting point from Jet to, to sort of go that distance. But, uh, yeah, look, perfect season. Chase couldn't get there. Jet did. Um, yeah, 450's done. Rookie season, nobody else is probably going to do something like that, if not for a very long time at least. So, yeah, well done to, well done to Jet. Now, his brother... Hunter, he also got it done. He, uh, he's now a national champion. And interesting enough, with all the sort of comments and calls around the uh, Australian media, as soon as it happened that they wouldn't cover it, I think they actually both, these guys, got a fair bit of coverage in the last few days. Yeah, the last few years with Jet, um, they haven't, you know, Jet won all his titles and... I think uh, I think they ended up on 
the Today Show maybe on a Sunday morning um, early, and it wasn't sort of till after it that anyone knew about it. Um, but it seems that, yeah, you know, both of them have got a fair amount of coverage this week, and I've seen all the news pages, um, you know, share the same uh, same sort of thing, which is good to see. Um, but it probably needs, you know, it probably could have been going all year, not just now, because um, it sort of forgets about the Supercross titles, but um, it's more just in the now of the motocross titles. But, you know, we just, we need a bit more of it, but that's the problem with it not being a, a main sport in the country. It, yeah, I, I agree with that last <laughs> part of it. It's just not a main sport. But I think at least this week it went well. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of nine news pages being, sharing that story around. Um, they're going to be on the project on Channel 10, uh, you know, they're getting a a, fee, a reasonable amount of stuff happening, but the thing that I I sort of miss from all this that should be happening is that you know for a ten second you know update on a sports report to say hey you know just a reminder Jet just won another round of the AMA you know he ran round ten or eleven or twelve or whatever ones he did you know throughout the year. For, for that to be on a news report somewhere, at least even in just if it was just in Queensland and then that story got shared around on social media, I think it's worthwhile. Like, these guys are beating the world from Australia. We should be covering it more, whether it's low-level sport or not. These guys are becoming a higher profile with what they're doing, uh, especially with, like, Jet getting the perfect season. They should be getting more regular coverage in the mainstream media and even... I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I haven't picked up a newspaper or anything recent times, but you, you would hope that there's a story in the paper or something like the Telegraph or the Herald about them too. Like that sort of stuff should be happening all the time. The newspaper's got plenty of space to print stuff. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, it it does get on the social media, but for the people that aren't on the social media, you know, the newspaper or the TV is their main. You know, source of news. So, uh, yeah, it just, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is on the news that is a waste of time. Um, or repeated and, five times yeah, in three different yeah, ways. I, yeah, that's exactly right. Whereas, you know, stuff like this should be, you know, should be the first thing, even if it's the first thing on the sport, uh, you know, the like half an hour for sport. So, I don't know, one day maybe, but. I don't think it's going to get any bigger than um, this year. So I guess what we've got is going to have to do. Look, I'll be I'll be completely disappointed if for some reason and somehow we manage to pull off that elusive MX of Nations in a couple of months here with these guys. I'll be very, very disappointed if they don't get a lot of coverage for that because that's that should make the headlines. But... We'll see. They've got to do it first. But, you know, that would be a pretty cool thing to sort of just add to what they've already started building. And then that might then trigger things to sort of keep continue to flow on. But obviously that would be bad timing because there's going to be a couple of months until the next next race. But but anyway, we'll see how it works out. But, yes, let's get back on the Hunter. Hunter got the championship done. He had that average ride in Moto1 uh, to seal the deal. Um, and then basically rode around out there doing not much but a couple of whips here and there on the Moto2 because he didn't have to do anything. Um, but he finally got that championship after, as they keep repeating on the coverage, all that hardship that he's had to go through to get to there. 
Yeah, and I think it would have been a really nice, you know, feeling for him to just go, this moto does not matter. I don't have to push. I don't have to, you know, bust everything just to try and get this title. Um, yeah, I think we said the other day the week off or the two weeks off was probably going to really help with uh, this rib injury that he's been talking about all, you know, the whole season. And... Um, you know, there's, he's pushed through that, uh, got the title and, you know, especially not not just that, like he had that accident at, uh, I think it was Redbud and then the motor, yeah, and then the motor blew up as well. Um, so I think there's, you know, two, what's that, two DNFs, mm-hmm. not, to not his fault and, you know, still ended up winning it with one race spare. So uh, he did really well. Yeah, no, it was a... It was a great season from Hunter to get that job done. It's obviously a lot harder in the 250s. Things are a bit closer. Bikes are a lot different, on like similar on speed. And, yeah, they, they can all sort of send it for one moto but, you know, not be consistent in the next five. So, yeah, Hunter's done a really nice job to get that done. And I feel like he did, despite those two things you mentioned there for the two DNFs, he did have a pretty dominant season in that class. Um, so, yeah, really nicely done. And obviously he's going to have some momentum coming into these super motocross rounds here in the next well, two, well, it's about a week and a bit now um, that they're going to kick off. But uh, hopefully both Jet and Hunter have had the chance after these championships and, you know, attaining these things, the perfect season and, and getting that 250 title finally done for Hunter. You know, hopefully that, that sort of pressure can come off them and they can, you know, ride freely and train freely now, especially for Hunter with these, with the injuries being behind him and, and really puts both their, you know, good foots forward for, for the next three rounds. Yeah, I think you got to look at him as the favourite. I mean, really. Um, but, you know, we just, these tracks are... You know, we don't know what they're going to be like. They're going to be the sort of a hybrid track. Um, I mean, he's been the quickest at both all year. So, uh, yeah, unless, you know, someone's going to step up and uh, try and challenge him, I think he'll probably, you know, do it with a little bit of ease. The only thing that worries me about those for Hunter is just his poor starts. You know, he's not the greatest of starter. And then they're going to have these two 20-minute motos and no whoops. So... The whoops were sort of Hunter's Supercross, um, you know, strong point. Um, although he did have better starts in Supercross than he did in the outdoors. But uh, you just wonder if someone like Hayden Deegan, Levi Kitchen, um, even Joe Shimoda after the weekend, you know, those sorts of guys are going to be probably re- revamped, ready to go for these couple of races. They're going to be probably better starting than Hunter. And with a 20-minute race, are they going to be able to push all the way through a bit better? Um, but then maybe it's, again, a case where Hunter comes through in the second motos like he has been doing the outdoors. So, yeah, just be interesting to see how that one plays out. I feel like he's not going to have as big of an advantage as he seemed to have had in outdoors. Um, you know, just, he just seemed to run away with things there in Moto2s all season. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But there's obviously a lot of things that are going to be, you know, dependent on what these things actually look like. Like you mentioned, the tracks, layouts and stuff. Nobody's seen these built before. So, And different stadiums, like three new venues, um, Charlotte, Chicago and Los Angeles, that they, none of these guys have raced at before. So, yeah, it'd be quite a different, um, different scenario. 
Well, the other thing is too, the way you've got to look at it is it's basically three east to west shootouts in a row. So a lot of, you know, I know that they've just raced together during the motocross season, but Hunter didn't, you know, in the supercross season, he only raced a few of them in what the two shootouts and they were spread however far apart. Um, so whether, you know, that comes comes into it, you know, the different riders being in there um, and tending to go a little bit harder or and whatnot. Um, yeah, there's so many different variables that, you know, you can pick, but you may be you may be wrong or you may be right. Yeah, it's going to be. A, I think that's where this is going to be interesting for us to watch in in the coming weeks. Like, there's it's it's just different. We don't know what to expect. It's not like you're going to turn on and you know what a supercross race looks like. You're going to have to learn the format. You're going to have to learn how the points are done. You're going to have to learn how the the, the coverage actually happens. What you know, how much gap there is between these races. What they're doing between them. Um, there's going to be yeah, just. You won't know what's going to happen. I think that'll be a nice change for us as as fans watching, you know, to sort of keep your interest peaked, which is which is a good thing. Um, whether it's the same next year around or not, maybe they'll have some more changes for it then, and they'll tweak it up as well. But this one definitely being the first time that it's being run, it it should be an interesting thing, and and yeah, maybe it does give somebody. Um, and I just thought of somebody else who might be a bit of a problem child in this one. It, it might be someone like Austin Faulkner. You know, finally, maybe this extra two weeks that he's going to have off here to just train, get prepared, maybe test a little, you know, maybe that gives him the leg up in terms of how he can get himself back into the front of the pack for these next three races. But, yeah, we have to see how it all goes. But on that, leading into it, there's still a few people that had a couple of crashes at Ironman that might be a little banged up heading towards that. And one of those names that I mentioned before is probably somebody who's going to enjoy this week or two off because he needs it after after a crash. It was Levi Kitchen. He had a decent one uh, at Ironman that sort of seen him DNF one of those races there. So hopefully for Levi, uh, he'll be able to bounce back fairly quickly. He did uh, put up a post on social media about the fact that he's doing okay but he'll probably be resting for a few days. Uh, but he did just seem to knock the wind out of himself. So hopefully there's nothing serious, you know, going on there at all. Uh, and the other one is actually his 450 star racing teammate, Dylan Ferrandes. Now, I don't know about you, Benny, but when I watched that Ferrandes crash, I just sort of think uh, he's either very flexible or very lucky. I think it's a bit of both. It was, uh, it was a pretty nasty crash. Um, and the ground wouldn't have been soft, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think we can all say we've had a high side in our time, but that was um, very random and spectacular to say the least. It was a high side into a like a whirly bird, like he just sort of spun around as well at the same time. That was, yeah, he got himself in a really awkward position there, and it happened super fast. Like, obviously, three corners in, and he's pushing, trying to maintain the lead there, and yeah, it, it just went badly. Yeah, I think, you know, they're just, they're, they're all pushing. And especially, you know, the last one, they all want to beat Jet. And I think he just came in that little bit too hot and that was it. That was all she wrote. Yeah, you you know what I do, you don't sort of notice so much as you do over here in the, in the moto preps and stuff between motos, but they still do it. It's that 
you know the watering aspect that they put down some water to try and keep the dust down for the for the length of the moto. Obviously, when we do it over in Australia, we sort of tend to flood the joint, and you notice it straight away. Um, but when they do it in the states, they do it subtly. But I think he still got maybe got caught out by a little bit of a a slipperier surface as he came into that corner than what he was expecting from you know the previous moto, and probably purely just down to the maybe. You know the water on that track that they would need to put down, and he didn't factor that in coming into that that corner. Yeah, I'd say that's a possibility. I mean, yeah, I've, we saw. Uh, I think it was what the Appen round here where they just pretty much flooded the track um, with that big start line um, start crash, but. It's a possibility. Um, you know, like I said, they're all pushing then. You know, that was probably the last thing he was thinking about. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's all right and he's um, ready for the, the first round of SMX. Yeah, exactly. Now, somebody else, that start, it must be a bit on the same page with HRC team, all, all championships, and all the star guys having an interesting comments that we're making here now with two crashes. But the other star racing guy, Hayden Deegan, how many times is he going to just send something insane in his career? Because he's starting out pretty, pretty nutso these these last few few weeks doing different things, and this week he decided to jump something nobody else was jumping. And I don't know that he needed to, but it was definitely spectacular. It was. It was massive, and not a lot of run up either, really, by the look of it. Um, coming out of that last corner, but. Um, yeah, I don't think it was any quicker either. I think it was probably, you know, with the amount of air he got, um, the hang time was just ridiculous. Um, I think it was probably about the same as, you know, same time as everyone else just doing it normally. But, uh, yeah, it was massive. Yeah, well, the landing side of things too. Like, you got to think that big thud that he's going to make when he hits the deck and, you know, bike compressed, bike rebound before it's really going to be able to get on the gas and move forward again. So, you know, he's losing a little bit of time in just the landing itself. But, yeah, look, it was it was impressive. I'm sure the crowd loved it. If you're standing there, you probably would have went, holy crap, as you looked up, you know, because nobody else was going up that point. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that he's just putting it on the line, you know, to do those things. And, you know, it was when it was at Red Bud, he was the, one of the main ones every lap doing the leap. You got to wonder how much of it is the confidence and how much of it's the star racing Yamaha machine in terms of the horsepower that that thing's obviously got. Yeah, well, like you said, I think uh, it doesn't worry him to send anything, um, and we know those bikes are pretty are pretty fast. But uh, I mean, over the years we've seen bikes just you know split in half and. You've got to really trust that that's not going to happen when you're sending something like that. Um, so yeah, the, the, just his mind. It just I don't think there's you know there's no fear at all. Yeah, he must have a lot of faith in his wheel builder because he's obviously not worried about it collapsing when he hits the deck on some of these things or comes up short. So yeah, look, he's he's just on a, in a different zone for these things. Obviously, eyeing it up and and working it out before he gets there, but. Um, yeah, he's definitely feeling it, definitely pleasing the crowd with a big jump. So good on him for doing that side of things. Now, let's uh, switch gears a little bit here. World Supercross, it's been some interesting times for them in recent weeks. Uh, I thought we'd just quickly touch on it here because, one, we're obviously interested to see where it goes, but, two, we haven't heard anything more since 
last Friday, which was, I believe, the 25th when that... Uh, let me double-check that one. It was the 25th, yep, 25th of August that they put out a press release trying to, uh, you know come to terms with some of the rumours that have been put out there and try and get in front of it from their self. But there's been nothing since that point and we're sort of, you know, what, five days, six days since then. Uh, I would have thought they'd be putting something else out to confirm what's going on, but obviously they're not able to just yet. Uh, we're just hoping that, you know, things sort of stay close to the same if po- if, if possible. Um, and at least from our side of things being Aussies that... You know, the, the Melbourne round goes ahead, but you've probably got some inf- inside information on that, Benny, because you were in Melbourne before you managed to get yourself a COVID, <laughs> COVID diagnosis <laughs> last week. What was going on down there, mate, you saw? Well, I was just travelling along in the Uber back to the, uh, back to the hotel and I went past the train station there at Spencer Street and um, here's Ken Roxon hanging from the roof on a big, um, a big banner. And then, you know, there's a few signs around here and there. Uh, and so, of course, this was before, you know, any of this news broke uh, of what was going on. But then uh, I saw on the weekend on the CDO Yamaha uh, Instagram page that they were actually down there on the weekend handing out some goodies and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, there's stickers on the floor. Um, there's stickers on the stairs. There's more signs up in the roof. Uh, so it seems like they're still, you know, they're still promoting the Melbourne round. Uh, so maybe we don't have much to worry about with uh, missing out. Yeah, that sounds positive from from the Australian round at least, and and obviously the Australian rounds being linked with the um, the two, you know, the World Supercross and the Australian Supercross series is linked for that. So hopefully there's a bit of a, a sharing of resources and funds that are being spent on this, and obviously probably allowing government funding to come in from it side of things too so let's hope that the hour round sticks into this series and let's hope that some of these other ones like we've only had one so far there's meant to be five more uh, hopefully we can see at least three four of them but, but we don't know what's going to happen at this stage so um i would i wouldn't be i wouldn't be uh, upset if they did turn uh, melbourne into a double header or something but that'd just be a bit more fun for us to enjoy but uh might not make the series look as uh, prestigious in the eyes of the rest of the world if that was the case but yeah no i won't complain if they uh if they do that either but uh yeah it's it's a bummer to see uh obviously we want you know all the rounds to go ahead but these things do happen um, but you would hope that there's probably, you know, more the two that they had last year and, um, you know, maybe we get at least three or four this year. Uh, but, yeah, who knows? It's, you know, we don't really know much. They haven't said much. Um, it's just a, just a waiting game. Yeah. Well, let's, let's fingers crossed. Let's hopefully we hear from them in the not-too-distant future and that they can just confirm that these things are going ahead. But... We'll wait for the official press releases here and uh, we'll bring something to you when we know more. All right, Benny, I think it's time for the favourite topic, mate, and I'm looking pretty good this week to enjoy this section of the show. Uh, It's the uh, Pulp MX Fantasy League and the Always Moto group that we have in that uh, game over there. It's the end of the motocross season. We've got our uh, outright winners in the league, which we'll announce here in a sec, but we've already put out that post on social to get a few of them trying to get in touch with us so that we can get those prizes all out and about. 
Of course, those prizes that we have are thanks to our sponsors here on the on the Always Moto Fantasy League. And those sponsors are, of course, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, Bolt Everywhere, Rip Clear Australia, Ryko Australia, and Zach Sinesco Motorcycle Repairs. Now, Benny, do you want to talk about fantasy? Do you even remember what happened on the weekend because of your uh, sickness? Or, you know, was that the excuse that you were sort of teeing up earlier in the show? No, I'm ready. I can, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've got my team up. It's, uh, it's not that bad, but yours was obviously just that little bit better. I think, I think it's only about 20 points or something, which is sort of where we, you know, we were up and down the whole season. Um, but let's do it. Yeah. Look, I got you. I got you in the end by 13 points. Uh, so obviously it wasn't that good of a final round for either of us, but yeah, I just had the slightly better one in the end. Uh, so, but funnily enough, out of the 116 players in the league, uh, I was 45th and you were 46th. So we had an average uh, outcome in the league overall, which probably just shows about our um, terrible efforts with fantasy in motocross because we're much better in supercross. But uh, anyway, not to worry. Um, but let's run through those teams. So, Benny, you said you had your team up from the weekend. How bad was that team on, on Ironman for you? Uh, so, my 250 team, Casey Cochran got me four points. Uh, I expected probably a little bit more out of him, but uh, going off his Instagram post, he said it was a bit of a rough weekend, which, yes, that reflects on my points. So, uh, I was a bit unlucky with that. Uh, Slade Smith got me 60 points, which is not too bad. Um, a main problem I had with the 250 rider was they would never get me my points. They would, they couldn't get 50 points. It was just too hard. Uh, so Justin Cooper got me 34 points, and uh, Jorgen Telviku got me 70 points. So it wasn't that bad, but the, the four points kills it. Yeah, that's not always a good thing. Now my 250 team was probably my my better side of things here because I had Ryder D for 90 points which was an awesome score uh, and that was helped by his two whole shots so that was pretty good uh, my all-star was Hayden Deegan he maxed out on 50 which was nice um, Preston Kilroy got me 58 points and Josh Varese got me 58 points as well so I had a pretty solid 250 team this week which is surprising um, but 450s Benny where'd you go in the 450 team uh, so I went Justin Barsha, uh, 42 points. Could have been a lot more. Uh, I think his handicap was a zero, and I don't think he had that many points after the first moto, if I remember correct. Uh, so I think most of those points is from the second moto. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, um, I, had, I had him as well. And the same, yeah, same problem. He had a shocker first round, first moto. So. Yeah, uh, Stephen or Stefan, however they want to say it, uh, Rubini got me 40 points. Um, AP, who was my all-star, um, close to 50 points, but got me 47. And Dylan Wright got me 76 points. 
nice. And I had I had uh, Jet as a FFL, which obviously paid out, but uh, the Hayden Deegan FFL didn't pay out. <laughs> so I had both of those as well. So we've gone we're going to wash on those for for the between the two of us. Uh, my 450 team was similar to yours. I had Barsha as well. I had Plessinger as well. But I had Jace Kessler get me 58 points. But then I don't even know what happened to Jay Wilson. But uh, he got zero points. So I'm going to have to go back and check that one out. But I'm not happy with Jay. No. And, that, you know, like I said, uh, I think I said off air, uh, you still beat me with seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> people. So... <laughs> Yep, makes it just that little bit worse for you, buddy. Yep, it does. Yes. That's all right. Well, at least, look, the, 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 the championship side of things is over. We do have, they are supposedly having a three-round game for the Super Motocross Series, so the league will be open for that. There won't be any prizes as such for that because we haven't organised nothing. Slack ass over here hasn't done anything. But, um, yes, we, we, we still have the game going, so, you know, if you want to, we can still try and see who... <laughs> Who beats who in the three rounds left to go, Benny? And we'll, uh, we'll have a um, two, two, two nil at this point. We'll see who gets the uh, the third point on the board for the for the three championships in in twenty twenty three. But let's uh, let's congratulate the overall winners. So uh, from the league, we had uh, we're going to give out seven seven prizes for the top seven. Uh, winner of our league was MX Goat. Uh, second in the league was R Jones twenty three. Third was Dobson 110. Uh, fourth was Ratmo 420. Uh, fifth is Fenson Bryson. Brinson, sorry. Uh, sixth is A-Ray's Muffler. And seventh is Burner 154. So congratulations to all those players there. Thanks for being a part of it. Uh, we have tagged you or posted about it on Instagram. So you just need to send us a message or, a, or an email to fantasy at alwaysmoto.com so we can just confirm details. Some of you we've got before will send out those prizes as well. You've won before in either Supercross or you managed to get a random prize win at some point. Uh, but if you haven't, we need those details. So be in touch and we can get this done. Now, a quick reminder too, um, our Always Moto Fantasy League group chat, which is more than just Fantasy League, but that's what it's called, is still going. It's still, you know, lots of weird talking on going on in there, but plenty of moto stuff. Uh, if you want to be a part of it, you just need to DM myself. Um, or Benny, um, and Benny's DM is at Grino22 on Instagram, and we can get you into that league, and you can be a part of all the stuff that goes on in there, which is just a bit of fun. Um, so, yeah. Anything else you want to add, Benny? I just want to say that uh, MX Goat got third overall in the uh, actual, like the whole championship side of things so they did really they did really well yes wow, nice work, so th- yeah so third in the championship and 100 points to first place so um yeah it's pretty close yeah nice work so he's going to win a couple of prizes because he'll get something from the actual pulp league as well so that's pretty cool so nice work he had a decent yeah, that's- looks at that too yeah, see, yeah, I think it was, there's a few points um, to... Well, he's nearly 200 well, so in second place, yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, that's yeah. but uh, just having a look through 
the overall championship. I think you've got a cheese. Kyle Chisholm finished eighth. Um, Grant Harlan finished 14th. Um, so there's a few of those that, you know, the few riders that actually did pretty well too, which is, um, yeah, funny to see in a way. Yeah, they had they obviously have their little separate league going as well. But, yeah, those two guys have done extremely well in fantasy considering they should be paying attention to their racing. Yes, they seem to focus more on <laughs> more on fantasy than the actual racing. Yes. Oh, and I've just been scrolling through our league overall, and I just noticed that our recent addition to the uh, to the group chat, Fezier, beat me by a whole point. So, yeah, nice work, Fezier. Oh, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's get the he's get the ignore button on the uh, on the group chat for the next week. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's all good. All right. Well, actually, quickly, too, I've just remembered on the rest of these notes here, our random prize winner from Bud's Creek, which was 325 Motorsports, winning that Zach Sinesco Airfielder service kit, um, hasn't been in touch, and I haven't, don't think I've got those details for them from previous emails. So we definitely need to hear from them uh, if they want to claim that prize. So, yeah, make sure you get in touch with us here ASAP, or you might repurpose that prize for the Super Motocross um, League winner or something like that. So we'll see how we go. All right, Benny, I think we're uh, a wrap on this segment of the show. Nothing else before we hit a break? No, we're good to go. Good to go. All right, mate. Thanks for joining us. Let's uh, take a quick break here on the Always Moto podcast. Hey, it's Jake Runkles, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, it's time for the weekly product inspection highlight this week on the Always Moto podcast. And this week, it's actually something a little different. We are linking up with Liat um, and their 2024 range that has come out just recently. The guys from Liat Australia have passed on a set of gear for us to use in some promotions in the next few weeks. And we're going to do a little story on Full Noise. And we're just going to give a little rundown here now of that gear that has come through. Uh, as you know, Liat is synonymous with safety on two wheels, and they're thrilled to announce the launch of their 2024 motocross gear headed up by their innovative designs that are specifically for motocross, and they harness the latest technology uh, to make these products possible. Their newly released gear in- in- introduces a range of riding apparel that flawlessly blends function, technology, and design, highlighting the brand's keen attention to detail and, of course, its eye-catching style. It has vibrant colors. The riding kits bring a fresh, standout look to the motocross scene, and they comprise of jerseys, pants, and gloves combo, and their 5.5, 4.5, and 3.5 riding kits um, offer something for every level of motocross enthusiast. Now, keep, they keep you cool and comfortable uh, and confident. And the jerseys are constructed from lightweight material, moisture-wicking, stretch mesh materials. Uh, and depending on your preference, the riders can choose between jerseys with a snug race fit, tailored fit, um, or a classic fit. So check those things out. And that's across their 5.5, 4.5, and 3.5. That comes in the different fit aspects there as well. Um, and the designs are bright and bold colors um, but they also have some subtler designs as well um, providing ample selection for any rider's individual taste so you can fit in or, or stand out from the crowd depending on what you want to do now the pants offer the same exciting mix of modern colors and styles with reliable durability a must have for any motocross riders they have better bike grip and all pants come with reinforced leather on the inner leg with a 5.5 featuring an internal knee brace system the iks to further reduce wear and tear that could potentially happen with knee braces there on the bike. 
Like the jerseys, the pants provide ventilation throughout the breathable materials and air channels to keep you cool on those longer, intense rides. So once you do yourself a favour, check out Liat on your yeah, social channels. Uh, and if it's in your local store, go and check it out. Try it on. Uh, you might find yourself something that suits you in that 2024 range. And if your local shop doesn't have it, ask them to order it in. All right, guys, that's our product inspection highlight for this week. Uh, we'll take another quick break on the Always Moto podcast. Hey, I'm Bubba Pauly from the MadParts.com Kawasaki Supercross Race Team, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, joining us this week on the Always Moto Podcast. Uh, he's riding for Runkles Racing, which is a self-funded situation here. It's the number 227 of Jake Runkles. How are we doing, Jake? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, we're just talking before we hit record here, and you are out and about on the uh, shopping path, mate. Yeah, yeah, it seems like just about every day I run to Home Depot and we're getting paint or, you know, spackle, wood, I mean, you name it. We're uh, we're keeping Home Depot in business, that's for sure. <laughs> you're probably not the only one. They're, they're pretty big from what I know, so uh, you're not the only one oh, doing yeah. that. But, um, we're, we're checking in with you. Obviously, you've been out for a little while now. You had an injury back in the pro motocross, the back of the early part of the season at Thunder Valley. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. broken yep. arm. Um, and obviously, you've been rehabbing via some DIY projects. But how, how have things been since the injury back in Thunder Valley? Um, it hasn't been too bad. I, uh, it was a pretty bad break on the ulna. It was just a total impact break. So broke it in half and then took a big chunk, like a triangle chunk out of the middle. Um, had a lot of fragments. So ended up having to fly back to Maryland to see my specialist from Colorado. Uh, got surgery done, plate nine screws, um, and then just basically been letting it heal. I was I was pretty restricted for eight weeks. Um, so about a week ago, week and a half, um, the restrictions were let loose. So I'm able to pick things up, uh, you know, just kind of use it to my full ability. Nice. So we're finally back at that point. You're, you know, do normal things in terms of, you know, gym exercises and even at Home Depot re- renovation access, yep. access, put a drill in the hand. Yep. Yeah, so uh, pretty much um, all the doctor said was, if it hurts, you know, don't do it. So just kind of going off pain Yeah. as of, as of right now. But I got pretty lucky because I was still able to, like, move my wrist and move my elbow the whole time. So, like, I have pretty much full mobility still of the wrist and elbow, so I don't have to really work on mobility side of things. That's really nice. You've you've, you've um, survived that one because you didn't impact the radius, which would you know impact those aspects. So yeah, you're um, you yep. right in the middle of the ulna, which is probably the best spot for it. So yeah, lucky for you. Yeah, I've seen the X-ray, and there's a you know good plate and screws in set up in there. Is all that staying in mm-hmm. for you? What's the plan with that moving forward? Yeah, so there hasn't been any talks about taking that out. So as of right now, everything's staying in. I mean, unless it gives me a fit later down the road or something, <laughs> then um, we'll we'll do that. But knock on wood, it uh, it hopefully never gives me an issue, and we'll just 
not have to worry about it anymore yeah, and just, I just have a little bit of extra protection now. Yeah, exactly. Just forget about it. It's in there. It's part of you. So, yeah, no, all good. Yep. So what's um, if you've only been re- sort of released for activity in the last week or so, is there a plan for you with the bike? Is it starting to call your name from the garage or, or what's happening? Yeah, it was it was tough because I couldn't work on any of my bikes for a while because I'm right-handed. Yep. I broke my right arm. Um, so, and trying to spin a T handle with your left hand, uh, is, is pretty tough Yes, and just trying to do things one handed, especially dirt bike related. Um, but no, just been, I've been able to kind of start cleaning my bikes up, you know, just they're collecting dust. So I've been able to, you know, wash them and, you know, just kind of make them pretty again. So when I get back on, uh, they'll be ready to go. And is there a plan for that, like in a couple of weeks, or are we looking at sort of just waiting a bit longer until sort of like a supercross prep would begin? Or, or yeah, where where are your thoughts on it all? I gather it's coming around soon for you. Yeah, it um, as far as like a date, I'm not sure yet. It kind of just depends on uh, when the strength gets back and I feel comfortable, because I definitely lost all my strength in my arm, so. I'm kind of just, it's kind of just up in the air right now, um, with all that, but we have, we got a little boy on the way and he's doing, you know, right around Thanksgiving. So I kind of, I kind of need to thank you. So I kind of have to put myself aside for a couple more months and just make sure everything's ready for him. (laughs) And then, um, then we'll be, we'll be taking him to the track with us. So, so that'll be cool. But but yeah, for the meantime, just just getting it strong, and then once you know it's strong to where I can ride, then we'll start we'll yeah. start heading to the track, and then kind of slowly getting into it, just making sure everything's good, and you know just get back up to speed. Yeah, no, you've got obviously a few few things to um you know cots to build, prams to assemble, all that sort of good stuff. To come, looking forward to you'll get some arm exercise and all that too, mate. That that's fine, you know. <laughs> It'll work out. Exactly. Exactly. Yep, yep, just hold him with my right arm, let it let the strength build. Yeah, well, you're going to have to, like, you, that's one thing you're going to want to be able to do as a, as a father myself, that point it, where you want to be able to pick the kids up and, and hold them and carry them. Obviously, you know, only, only a small, small weight, at, you know, when they first come out, but you want to be able to do those things. So you want that arm working and be able to hold and feed with a bottle or, if, you know, something along those lines. So, yeah, something to work on. Exactly. A, a different uh, viewpoint than what you probably were looking at if this happened, you know, a year ago or something. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy what your brain does. Like, I mean, every year till now, you know, it's been, okay, what can I take to get this bone stronger to get back out there for like one more round? And then, you know, this kind of happens and you're like, well, you know, like, let's actually think about everything. Like if I go back a little earlier, how much is it going to set me back in case it's not ready and just all that stuff. So you, uh, you got to think about daily life too now, I guess. Yeah, perspective changes but, massively when you um, become, you know, a, a new father and and um, yeah, got some other responsibilities other than just yourself. So yeah, it's a it's a big yeah. perspective shift. Yep, yep. But I mean, that's there was with how everything lined up, surgery and just timelines. I mean, there was there was still no way I'd be able to make any of the rounds, which was a huge bummer. But um. I mean, I guess that kind of puts your mind at ease a little bit 
just cause you know, like there's, there was nothing in your control. Um, you know, there, there was really nothing I could do to get back before the season ended, especially being a shorter season too. Yeah. That's one, one interesting aspect because if that had, you know, say this happened at round one, maybe there's a chance, you know, that you could get the mm-hmm. last one or two, but the fact that where you had it happen and like you said, the timeline, it changes how you actually view the injury and you give it the chance to recover. Whereas, you know, some of the other guys that have been out this year then come back because they sort of, they're, close enough but maybe not quite there but they come back and they're not quite ready and the results are you know inconsistent or they're still dealing with pain and and rehabbing during mm-hmm. the week so it's it's always an interesting thing to see how people view the injury and obviously yours has maybe changed a little bit but yeah i always obviously want to as a physio myself want to err on the side of caution and make sure that you're ready and that the injury is not going to reoccur by coming back too soon yeah. or give you a crazy you know problem in 10 years time because you were a dumb dumb you know now it's uh, yeah it's it's a it's something that you guys as as pro pro athletes try to try to deal with and, and manage as a fine line to get you know race but not race and you know work it all out well yeah because i'd be lying if it didn't cross my mind a few times and then uh it crosses everybody's uh, mind brandon Sh- exactly exactly i can't say i didn't think about it but uh just like at millville uh Scharer, brandon Scharer, he he had the same plate and just about the same spot i mean i don't know like how his break was exactly but i mean he didn't even crash and ended up re-breaking his arm and like bending the plate yeah and i mean i was just like it's kind of the same situation i'm in <laughs> and i was like uh not I don't think I could I could do that like it wouldn't it wouldn't work no but then so those things like that becomes a whole different problem because now the plate's bent yeah the the arm is now forced into some funny position you got to have surgery and it's kind of an emergency situation and yeah you just yeah. You screw yourself again and you're like well was that worth it mm-hmm. for one race two race whatever it ends up being so yeah perspective is is awesome and sometimes maturity of, of a family behind you is um is a different viewpoint on it too. So yeah, look, you, you're making a good exactly. this point, I think. So yeah, well done on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, so quickly too, um, in terms of you know coming back for next year, training-wise and stuff, um, what are your normal training patterns here? Do you have a trainer that you work with? Do you just look after yourself for these side of things? And obviously with the rehab from the, from the injury, have you been having to see somebody to, to help with that or you just sort of taking it on your own shoulders and going with it. Yeah. So, uh, as far as rehab with the arm, uh, my, my wife actually, she broke her wrist a few years ago. So she has like tips and tricks and just like little exercises, um, that I can do. Um, she, she races too. So, uh, she, she knows everything. She knows all about it. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as training or having a trainer, I, uh, a few years back in California, uh, I got some tips from Randy Lawrence when I was out there for the winter. So I just kind of, you know, soaked everything in that he told me or, you know, showed me. Um, so I just kind of remembered that and I can tell when my body's fit, just like everybody really can. That's an athlete. Like, you know, when you're strong and you're fit. Um, but I, uh, I've had some knee injuries, so cycling is definitely huge in my program just because of the low impact. Um, 
So as long as I stay on the bike consistently, uh, three, four days a week and, you know, I'm getting my recovery cycles, my main like exercise fitness cycles in, um, usually that's, that's really all you need, or at least for me. Um, that was, that was huge in 21 when I had that, that really good season Mm. was just the seat time. I mean, that's, when, when you work and you, you know, you got to be at work every day or, you know, you have a good job where you can maybe take off Wednesdays to go ride or do a half day. Um, you, you lack seat time and that's, that's really the biggest thing you need for racing. In my opinion, not, you can't replicate it. No, it's one of those, our sport is so unique, you can get some exercises that cover one part of it or another part, but not the whole thing without being on the bike. Yeah. No, interesting, it's always interesting to see what you guys at at different levels are doing, you know, for that stuff behind, you know, behind the microscope, you know, what are you doing, whether it's, you know, assisted or you're just, you know, researching yourself and and going for it. So yeah, it's always interesting to hear where those theories come from. Now, let's, mm-hmm. let's finish off here. It's one of our favorite questions on the Always Moto podcast. We like to see what the riders are wearing under their gear because obviously everybody sees what's on top layer. You know, the, the, the brand names that mm-hmm. we all know and love from the, from the gear world are obviously the foremost thing you see. But what's under your gear, Jake? What are you running under there that might be a little bit different? So, obviously, I never ride without knee braces, even if it's a pit bike. Well, you just mentioned I about will, so I'm surprised if that was different. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've had both ACLs done, uh, two on the one leg. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm using CTI off the shelf knee braces and I, if they get a little, uh, like loose, I guess in the hinges, I'm, I'm ordering a fresh set. <laughs> <You're not messing laughs> I, I don't mess around when it comes to, to knees anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I run a mouth guard too, but a lot of guys are running that now. That's interesting. That's I feel like. It doesn't always get brought up. But yeah, a lot of guys are, are noticing are wearing mouth guards with a, obviously one teeth protection, but are you using it from that aspect or for the potential concussion reju- reductions or, or what's your theory on that one? Yeah. Yeah, so I originally started wearing it on probably 65s because uh, Shock Doctor had a booth at Loretta's. Oh, yeah. So they were um, they were just kind of informing the parents on everything, and my mom was over there, and she <laughs> they told her about the concussion reduction rate. So uh, I just started wearing it since then, and that that's the main reason why I wear it. I mean, I still chip my teeth because it'll hit the bottom teeth. So I have a, I have a broken tooth right in the middle yeah. on my bottom from roosted Dilla about two years ago. Oh, wonderful! Yep. Yeah, no the the mouth guard is an interesting one, and obviously, like that story with your mum getting the information, I, I can see that happening because that's happened for me with my parents at different times. You know, somebody tells them something, next thing you know, that's what you're running, and that's what you got to do. So. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a choice at that age. <laughs> no, if you want to ride the bike, you got to do what you're told. So that's that's how it works. But you become comfortable with those things too because you yeah. do start using them and you're forced to use it. It just becomes second nature to put it on. So after a while, you don't even notice that it's there. So, yeah, it's a good thing. Yep, 
Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And anything else there? Are we are a chess pro guy, or are we just a, are we going all natural with the jersey? Nope, nope. Uh, chest protector, that new fly, that new fly chest protector. Yeah, nice. Um, I'll always have a chest chest protector on, whether it's over the jersey, under the jersey. Always got it. Um, yeah, knee braces. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's you. As far as you know, what people what people can't see. Yeah, nice. No, it's always interesting. That one's the. It's some guys have some sort of funny things at times, but it it's the thing that you can't see under there that you know people like to know about because they wonder if they're doing the same thing that you're doing. So no, I appreciate you sort of yeah. shedding some light on that. Well, oh, okay. One one more thing. I guess it's not like under the gear, but I always get ready on this old rickety wooden chair. Like <laughs> we, it's a joke. We call it like my lucky chair. Yeah. But I will when I rode for SGB. I put the chair in the semi and I got ready on that right next to the couch. <laughs> like I always get ready on this old wooden chair that's about to fall apart. This and I put my gear on the same exact way. Yeah, this is some yeah, exactly. superstitious stuff. So. <laughs> exactly. It is always with me. What happens to this chair you, in a year or two when it falls apart and you're sitting on it getting ready? Do we do we like screw it back together or are we, we burn yep. it? <laughs> Nope, we we add more screws to it. It's already we've already added probably six. Nice. We just we just keep adding to the pile. Now, see, this is something you got to put up a story on one day on the Instagram or something so people can see because that's an interesting little tidbit that nobody <laughs> would know about you and getting ready. So yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> You're right. I really should. Yes, definitely. No, awesome, Jake. Well, look, mate, thank you for some time here on the Always Moto podcast and, and interrupting the shopping. I'm sure your wife's over there picking out some wonderful paint colors for you to be using the wrist to roll up and down a wall here shortly. So we'll let you get back to it. But, yeah, uh, we'll see. Appreciate the time, mate. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was, it was fun chatting it, up, chatting it up. Yeah, we'll do. All right, mate, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Meshi, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast, and thanks for listening to that interview there with Jake, Jake Runkles. Got that run botched there. Sorry, Jake. Um, it was a good interview. Good to catch up with him, see what he's been doing, and obviously he's looking forward to um, you know the, the, his new baby coming here shortly uh, and then getting back into some training and stuff for 2024. All right, that's it for the show. Another great show here. Thanks to the contractor for joining us. Don't forget to get those T-shirt orders in, info at alwaysmoto.com to get those to us. Follow us on our social media channels to stay up to date with all things moto. Search Always Moto, then follow and subscribe. Make sure the podcast feed is subscribed to. Leave us a, ra- a rating for us on that app if it allows you to. It just helps us stay relevant. If you've been watching us on the YouTube channels, make sure you subscribe there. But also give us a thumbs up on each of those. Those algorithms really like thumbs up and subscriptions. So please do both of those for us to help us bring to bring you more content to watch in the future. Don't forget to check out our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to have additional content on alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Competitive Edge Performance, Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors. Thanks to the contractor. Thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening. And remember, you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick. <laughs>